listening to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast, where we're fighting through some technical difficulties and getting started a little late here on this uh, recording on a late Wednesday night. So, as Late a, night, Bobby. Yeah, just you know, troubleshooting the internet, which is the key component to this entire thing working. So, Sure. Yeah, so Dan, thanks for holding in with me here and hanging in, and we're going to go ahead and, and deliver a really good episode with some spicy, bold Not Takes today. So, Dan, how you doing? <laughs> Not too shabby, Bobby. Uh, just uh, sitting here and enjoying a evening, getting ready to talk some fantasy football with you. It's been a, uh, it's, it's been a, it was an interesting day today trying to put these not takes, spicy not takes together. Um, this will be year two, and I was thinking back to some of the bold takes that I took uh, last season and how some of those just didn't pan out, but uh, some of them did. And uh, yeah, I think you, know, you hit I'm it a better ratio than I did. That's for sure. Yeah, so I'm excited to see some maybe how uh, I do again this season, and seeing if I can at least hit on one or two as well. Yeah. So on this episode, what we do is we look at each position that's fantasy relative: quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. And we're each going to give you our bold nut takes for each one of those positions. Now they could be good, they could be negative. We'll just find out. We did not share any of these before. Um, we met on the call here today, so we're just going to sort of be flying by the seat of our pants here with uh, these bold not takes. I, I know I told Dan, hey, here are the four players I'm discussing, but outside of that, he doesn't know which way I'm going and vice versa. Right. Yeah, I think that's the way it works best. Um, yeah. Just kind of seeing where you go from um, here in terms of I have no idea what you're going to say. You have no idea what I'm going to say. Uh, all I know is we're not going to be talking about the same players. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where you go with stuff, especially in light of how, how, your, how some of your bold bold not takes went last year, buddy. Yeah, I, can, I think it only, can only go up from there. So I'm, I'm going to go with that <laughs> as my motto. Um, so yeah, before we go into those bold not takes, there has been some important player news that has broken since our last episode last week. So Dan, I'm going to go ahead. We'll just briefly talk about each one um, and then we'll, we'll move on from there. So the biggest one is Tyreek Hill is not going to be suspended by the NFL. So after a four-month investigation, there was insufficient evidence that he violated any of the personnel conduct policies. So this is obviously massive. This was the main piece of news that was sort of been hovering, uh, I know, over our fantasy team for a while, but I'm sure most others. So, Dan, what are your thoughts on this whole Tyreek Hill situation? Frankly, I'm shocked that uh, <laughs> there there isn't a suspension of any kind. Um, just with how things have been going um, with Goodell and the NFL and um, the suspensions and things like that, uh, to, to have all of this smoke and no suspension uh, is, is frankly just surprising to me. Uh, it's a, you know, I, I, it's one of those things where you, you don't really know what's going on, what went on. I don't think we'll ever know. Um, right. But in terms of, you know, the way we look at things, which is just through how does this impact fantasy football uh it's huge news i mean it's absolutely huge news a guy who was a who was the number one wide receiver last year 
uh, is going to be able to join the team um, in time to report to training camp, in time to get on the same page, back on the same page with everybody. Uh, everyone's back. Uh, the only one who's not back is Kareem Hunt, um, who, who's now in Cleveland. Uh, but they didn't seem to miss him very much in the playoffs, that's for sure. Uh, so uh, this is massive fantasy news. And, and I mean, I, it's crazy to think about it in terms of what we were thinking um, draft-wise with him just two or three weeks ago. Right. Uh, people were, were saying it's not worth the risk. What if he gets suspended? It's not worth the worth risk. You know, uh, so people were <laughs> – I mean, if you did drafts early, uh, you were bargaining. I mean, you, you got him at a bargain. Let's be honest. If, if you – if you drafted him, had the guts to draft him early, thinking there was not going to be a suspension, you made out like a bandit right now. Uh, so uh, it's huge news in terms of you know fantasy football, fantasy relevance, fantasy impact. Uh, and I expect him to go right back up to where he was, uh, first or second round pick in some circumstances. Yeah, I totally agree. Completely surprised with how easily they hand out suspensions. But with this being cleared, yeah, he's a end of round one early round two draft pick for sure so uh that's that's the biggest news michael thomas of the saints wants to be the first 20 million dollar per year wide receiver uh, he's currently scheduled to earn just 1.15 million in the final year of his rookie contract he's already been offered a contract in the 18 to 19 million range but he wants to break the 20 million dollar barrier to me it's just a matter of time and this could be the guy he's very young he's been pretty much dominant since he came into the league so i wouldn't be surprised if he gets the highest paid wide receiver status here shortly yeah absolutely uh it's one of those things where uh you, you know pay the man he deserves it i mean he's on the last year of his rookie contract where he's making i think just over a million dollars is what i saw right and the fact that that guy who is a perennial pro bowler first team nfl within the discussion of one of, of the best receiver in the league is only making that much i mean i get that um because when you get those rookie contracts it's kind of like prove it prove it prove you deserve the next one and here we are and he's proved it he deserves the next one um so I, i'd be happy i'd be happy to, to wake up this you know if i was michael thomas i'd especially be happy but i'm not going to be surprised when we wake up within the next couple of days seeing that he's got that 20 million dollars a year um the question is i think the biggest question is is how much longer does drew Brees have how much does he left have left in the tank um but it makes life a lot easier for a quarterback if you have somebody like michael thomas on your team to throw the ball to so there i think there's two levels to that yeah exactly i think Brees got two more really good years left in him so uh, might as well maximize it as much, and then you know Michael Thomas looks to be with him and Kamara the foundational pieces of that team moving forward for sure. So, next one is a big one, and it's only strengthened since the uh, original news broke. The Chief, or I'm sorry, the Chargers look to be dug in with their stance on Melvin Gordon's holdout. So, uh, it looks like we could be in the midst of another Le'Veon Bell type situation. <laughs> so, Dan, I mean, you were right on with Le'Veon Bell last year. What are your thoughts on this Melvin Gordon situation? I mean, frankly, uh, I'm not going to be surprised if he sets games too. Um, it's it's the position now. Your longevity, your um, body 
your ability to play games is way more valuable to you than one season at the asking price that Melvin Gordon's getting right now. Yeah, he's looking so, to make five point six million if he play out his final year of his rookie contract. And, and I get that that's that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money, but in terms of contracts and NFL money, it's not really all that much. Um, especially for a running back. Especially for a running back who has some injury concerns, who has some history of injury, um, things like that. Um, I, I just don't see him coming back for that amount. I don't see them trading him either, um, unless they get a crazy good deal. But I, I honestly don't think that other teams are willing to um, kind of sink the money into him right now when you just wait out a season and then negotiate with him directly. Exactly. Free agency and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's it's exactly like the Le'Veon Bell situation where he's like, I want a new contract. Um, but, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see in this circumstance whether it plays out the same way because Le'Veon Bell uh, was coming off extensions. Um, Melvin Gordon's coming off his rookie contract. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what the difference is in terms of the market. Right. Is there going to be a greater greater interest in Melvin Gordon because he's a little bit younger, maybe doesn't have as much tread off the tires? Uh, I think that's going to be an interesting thing to take a look at here. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm not going to be surprised if he sits games. Um, I, I think right now, seeing as seeing as this is his first kind of time through this we'll let bell I, I kind of this was his second time sitting out and then he came back uh i wouldn't be surprised if uh he takes the same approach um that love bell did maybe come back before training camp and things like that but if he sits games i won't be shocked yeah i mean uh... I'm, I'm not taking him in the top six at this point like I probably would have. Um, if he falls to the second round, uh, I'm probably still taking a chance on him, but I'm definitely looking to target Eckler uh, and possibly if I move uh, miss on him, I'm ultra-targeting Justin Jackson just in case to get one of those backups uh, as a backup plan. So something definitely to monitor as, as this thing continues here um that's another interesting thing to think about bob is where his draft position is going to be because i know a lot of people last year uh went into their draft thinking Le'Veon bell's coming back Le'Veon bell's playing and then they had to wait out the entire year of a no of with no number one essentially probably your number one draft pick in some circumstances the number one overall draft pick not coming in and playing at all uh i mean the big thing would be is if you know someone who is nice enough to advise you to pick up james connor uh, <laughs> wire yeah uh, <laughs> never gonna, never let gonna let, nope i'm never gonna let forget that um but it, it, that's the other thing is where does this draft because you know now the precedent's been set they'll sit games um, they'll miss seasons to get bigger contracts and to protect themselves in, in terms of injury. Again, I don't blame them. Uh, it's, it's This is their job. This is where they make the money. Um, but it'll be interesting in terms of fantasy impact to see how much Melvin Gordon's draft stock slides. Uh, I mean, even with like the Zeke suspension, so that's I think that's something that we can kind of look at too. 
uh, people were kind of scared off of the suspension looming and stuff like that. Right. And you grabbed him in the third round. He came back six games later and, and pretty much took you to the playoffs in the championship. So it's a situation where I, I do I think that he'll slide yeah out of the first round hmm, probably because there's other guys there that you can live with right uh, second round uh, I don't know about that I don't think he makes it out of the second if he makes it into the third round that's shocking and whoever has a chance to grab him better do it quick yeah you should be able to navigate bargain. those even, waters yeah even if he doesn't even if he doesn't play any games I think the value in the third round is just way too big for you to pass up the chance of maybe grabbing him as a top five type of running back. So absolutely. So yeah, a couple more pieces of news, Dan Tyler Boyd gets a four year, $43 million extension. Um, obviously this is seems like protection against uh, AJ green in the last year of his contract. Um, to me, it's a smart sort of no-brainer if you're banking on what he did last year. Will he do that? I, I'm not convinced, but y- you've got to protect yourself, uh, you know, if, if that's it for A.J. Green. So I think it's a smart contract. Um, I, I really haven't been drafting much of Tyler Boyd in any of the drafts that I've done, but uh, I know we traded him as a piece in our Dynasty League to get running back depth back. So, um you know, I, I don't know what to think about Tyler Boyd, um, but I think it's a smart move by the Bengals regardless because maybe what we saw last year was the start of something and he could be a franchise-type t- player moving forward. No, absolutely. I mean, I, I, this just makes me wonder what the future of A.J. Green is. Um, but A.J. Green's had some injuries, uh, so not necessarily, um, you know, maybe super surprising that they try to lock up the the younger um, receiver on their team. I I think what's interesting is that he really hasn't had great seasons. And then last year, all of a sudden he breaks out and now he's got this huge contract. Right. Um, So, I mean, I guess you look to the future, which is smart. I still like AJ green more and I don't get any Tyler Boyd action in my drafts just because he's usually grabbed before I even have a chance to think about getting him. So, uh, I mean, he, he definitely was a nice piece last year. We grabbed him off the waiver wire uh, and turned him into um, Rashad Penny and Mark Ingram. So I, I don't regret that trade uh, right. right now, but we'll see how the season plays out because there's absolutely a chance that you and I are talking about this in October and are you know, scratching our heads thinking, why the heck, how the heck could we have ever given up Tyler Boyd? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one could smack us in the face, but I think it was right. worth it at the time. But smart move on the Bengals. And Dan, two more pieces of news. Julian Edelman is expected to be sidelined for the first three weeks of training camp with the left thumb injury. To me, it's not a big deal right now. Uh, he's a veteran. He's a Super Bowl MVP. Um, but injuries are a trend with him. And this is somebody, especially in PPR leagues that I'm targeting, but something to be careful of as as he's a 33-year-old player with a bunch of injuries behind him. But anything to be concerned about right now? Uh, Not necessarily. Um, I I think he'll round it out like he usually does. I mean, let's look at how many games he missed last year because of of the suspension. And he came back and and was – you know, the number one threat in the passing game almost immediately. I mean, I got him at a bargain price, frankly, in our 
league of record draft right um, because of the fantasy i mean because of the um impending suspension and things like that so uh, i'm not necessarily worried about it I, I think he'll come back and uh it's so early too let's not right. forget that i mean exactly. this is so early if it was like a blown out knee like jared mckinnon had last year or something like that um I obviously would be, <laughs> so, you know, a little bit more concerned or a little bit more thoughtful about it. But eh, injured thumb, I'm not worried. Yeah. Draft him, draft him as you normally would. Exactly. And the last piece of news: um, this is a guy that uh, might have been our worst combined trade of all time. Uh, Monday morning quarterbacks Albert Breer reports some around the league believe the Bills could cut or trade LaShawn McCoy before week one. So um, not anybody that we're necessarily banking on, but if they do get rid of McCoy, who's it going to be in Buffalo? Do they go to the rookie? Is it a mix of the rookie Frank Gore and Yeldon? What, what, do, you, what do you think if they get rid of LaShawn McCoy? Uh, I mean, I don't think they are going to get rid of LaShawn McCoy. Um, I would be surprised at this point. Why would you like, I mean, what do you have to lose keeping him on the roster? Um, I mean, it doesn't sound like he he wants out. It doesn't sound like he's causing, you know, headaches at camp or anything like that. To me, it sounds like he's just going to work and expecting to be the guy. So I don't necessarily know why at this point, uh, you get rid of him and cut him whenever he's in, you know, nearing the end of his contract. You're not going to save that much money. And it's weird Um, too, because yeah, yeah, there's conflicting reports where they still believe he has a lot left on the tie, a lot of tread on the tire. So it's yeah, it's right. back and forth on this one. And, and let's say let's let's be honest. Like I'm I'm not completely convinced that this is a trade that's gonna we are gonna regret for the rest of our dynasty careers. Uh, I, I think Lashawn McCoy, but for this last season, was really really good. Right, and a great running back, and he was really uh, good in Buffalo too. And really good in Buffalo. And I think that Buffalo team's improving. Last year, they were not that good. Let's be honest. The team was a disaster. Uh, the offense, at least, was terrible. The defense was halfway good. But, I mean, I, I just don't I, – I get, like, the random reports. They could cut him. I think it'd be stupid, um, in my opinion, just to get rid of him right now when you have an elite player. I, I, I think he's better than Yeldon. I think he's better than Gore. And I think he's better than the rookie. Um, so here's the other thing is that um, I, I don't think you're getting the same level of, uh, you know, talent out of those guys. But I guess if I had to pick, I probably would think Yeldon is going to be the lead back. Uh, he was halfway decent in that role in Jacksonville. Uh, and, and then Gore and then the rookie, unless the rookie stuns people at camp. What would be interesting to me is if they actually do cut him and if they actually do get rid of him where he ends up because there are some real interesting teams that could use Tampa, um, Bay. McCoy. Tampa Bay is the first one that came to mind yeah. uh, if he goes down there uh, that's an intriguing intriguing position to be in um, I also can see him going somewhere even like the Raiders um, because they've got to rely on the rookie right now in Doug Martin uh, why not throw LaShawn McCoy in the mix I mean I get maybe that gives you a kind of a uh, a bump to the, you know, the psyche of your rookie Jacobs, but 
I don't know. I think that could be a spot for him to end up too. Um, also, maybe the Texans. Uh, yes. I know Lamar Miller's been pretty good, and they like uh, Foreman down there. But uh, I think Shady could be in the mix down there too. That that'd be an intriguing pick to me. Um, you know, makes our trade look a little interesting to me. And, and I'd I'd be okay with Shady joining, you know, Deshaun Watson and, and Nuck down there in Houston. So I, I think there is some spots for him in the league i think if he gets cut i think he won't be out there long um i just hope he doesn't go somewhere like the redskins i'd love to see him end up in at the bucks but i really don't think he's leaving buffalo yeah somebody to hold on to and if you're in redrafts you're basically getting him in the du- double digit rounds pretty much so i mean why <laughs> yeah, not why not, Could always why not cut take him. a flyer yeah i mean let's be it's it's one bad season right it's one bad season i mean it's one of those things where Everyone was like, oh, AP is washed up. AP is washed up. And then he showed you last year. No, he isn't. He is not washed up. Uh, one bad year does not ruin a uh, running back career. If he, if he has like three bad years strung together, all right, fine. Uh, even if this season's bad, okay, maybe uh, it's the end of the road. lose faith in him. But, uh, I mean, one bad year doesn't convince me that he's done, that, that there's nothing left. Yeah, so, Dan, uh, it covers all the news that I wanted to go over with you, and you brought up AP. He's going to be discussed here shortly. So if we're all done with the news, you ready for some bold not takes, Dan? Let's get bold, Bobby. If you've listened to the Not Takes Fantasy Football podcast before, you know just how much we love the draft app. We continually do best ball drafts throughout the year, and during the season, we have a weekly segment called Getting Drafty on Draft that drops every Thursday. Now we are proud to announce our affiliation with the best fantasy app out there. We would greatly appreciate if you would support our show by using our new link, draft.com forward slash not takes. For those of you that don't already have a FanDuel or Draft account, signing up to Draft using that link gets you a free $3 entry to any contest of your choice after your initial deposit. We personally recommend a season-long best ball draft and trust us, When you start, you're going to be hooked. Once you get your account situated, come challenge myself or Dan on draft. You can find me, Bob, on draft at NotTakesBob. That's N-O-T-T-A-K-E-S-B-O-B. And you can find Dan at DJBenwa33. That's D-J-B-E-N-W-A-33. Once again, our link is draft.com forward slash NotTakes. That's N-O-T-T-A-K-E-S. We can't wait to see you all get drafty on draft with us. Yeah, so once again, what we do here is we take each of the fantasy positions and we're going to give you our, what everybody else knows at hot takes, but here we call them bold not takes. And we'll get started with the quarterback position, Dan. And I'm going to go ahead and kick this off here and then we'll alternate from there on out. And the quarterback that I am going to bring up as my bold not take is Big Ben Roethlisberger. Now, when I talk about where they're currently being taken, this is based off of the ADP from Fantasy Football Calculator, Half Point PPR, 12-team leagues. So Big Ben right now, as of today, is currently the 16th quarterback taken. You can get him in the 11th round in 12-team leagues. I'm going to give you my bold not take, and then I'm going to give you some stats and some information to back it up. And my bold not take on Big Ben is that despite losing one of the greatest wide receivers of all time, 
Big Ben is going to put the Steelers offense on his back and put in another elite top five fantasy finish at quarterback throwing for 4,800 yards and 35 touchdowns. And you're getting him right now as the 16th quarterback. So he will be a top five option that you get in the 11th or 12th round, depending on your leagues. And here's why. Last year, he finished third at the quarterback position based on fantasy data behind Patrick Mahomes and Matt Ryan, setting career highs in attempts, completions, yards, and tight ends. If he were to throw for 4,800 yards again this year, that would have been the fourth highest total last year. And the 35 touchdowns would have been tied for third in the league last year. There are a mix of games where he, they should be in shootouts with the Patriots, the Chargers, and, and now the Browns, which is surprising to say. Yeah. As well as defenses that can be exploited through the air like Cincinnati, the Jets, and the Dolphins. Yep. There are still a mix of young weapons that can thrive in the passing game. Obviously, Juju looks like he's going to be one of those next superstar wide receivers. They got a sneaky pickup in Dante Moncrief, young players in James Washington, and Deontay Johnson. And then there's Vance McDonald, who I expect to have a big year in the tight end position, health provided. And he also has capable catching running backs with James Conner and Jalen Samuels out of the backfield. And let's not forget... The team got rid of two of their massive options in Antonio Brown and Lev Bell. This team Mm -hmm. is all big bends. He's going to be throwing the ball a ton, and because of all those stats, that's why I'm saying big Ben will be a top five option with 4,800 yards and 35 touchdowns. This is one of those Steeler seasons where uh, you and I love it because uh, we're the underdogs, and I think we play so much better when we're underdogs walking into a season. I I think there's so much Browns hype right now, uh, which is frankly not necessarily not deserved. Um, You know, they've added a lot of, they've made more pre agent moves than I can ever remember them making. Right. Big names deciding there. Uh, I mean, it's crazy. but that's never been, I'm going to say our team because it is uh, our hometown team. That's never been our team's style. Uh, we build through the draft. We find diamonds in the rough. We, we grab guys who people didn't expect, who everyone else underestimates, and, and turn them into superstars. And that's kind of what this team's built on. And even in those years where you don't have huge fantasy names, Big Ben continues to routinely thrive and, frankly, be a completely underrated quarterback. I mean, I can't, I can't remember of any time in any drafts that I've ever done where Big Ben is taken in single-digit rounds. Right. He's always a double-digit quarterback. And I know it's because people prescribe to the ideas uh, that you and I kind of go with. Uh, quarterbacks deep. You can get them late. Uh, in Big Ben, always you can pretty much grab late. But I, I don't get why um, – you know, people are willing to take Aaron Rodgers super early. People are really willing to take Aaron, I mean, Andrew Luck super early. People are willing to take Deshaun Watson and uh, now Patrick Mahomes super early. But look at the production that you get out of Ben, right? Right. You're getting similar production. You're getting top five fantasy numbers. But nobody gives this guy any any level of credit in terms of fantasy production, uh, which is nice. Uh, because he's on our team and he's winning us games. And I write, I write this is his team this year. Uh, I expect him to just um, 
ball out and throw that ball down the field and hopefully it turns into w's for you and me yep so we're definitely on the same page there and dan why don't you go ahead and give your quarterback bold not take this was just one of those ones i I, last year i went with Derek carr thinking he was gonna have a a year that was kind of going to uh explode Uh, and and i also thought actually it was eli manning and and i was completely wrong (laughs) (laughs) Uh, not not completely wrong but eh, i I said he'd be a top 15 quarterback he was like and he was inside the top 20 but he wasn't inside the top 15 um, so th- I feel like this position is different. I feel like this position is so wide open um, that I, I, I went with Kyler Murray, actually. Interesting. And, and I think Kyler Murray is going to be a top 15 quarterback this year. And I, there's a lot of things in play right now that I think weigh in his favor. Now, I don't have a whole bunch of stats to throw you because it's a rookie quarterback. And to have a rookie quarterback emerge as a top 15 fantasy option, it would be, I think, a little bit bold, uh, a little bit crazy. Um, but I think the offense that he's coming into, run by Cliff Kingsbury, uh, the old air raid offense, uh, is going to help him um, stuff the stat sheet. I also think that there's so much hype coming out of it about this guy coming out of camp, about his athleticism, about his throwing, about his pinpoint accuracy, things like that. Uh, you didn't hear that a lot about Josh Rosen last year out there in Arizona, Bob. <laughs> Negative. So to me, uh, for there to be this much hype, there's got to be something to it. Um, he was an outstanding college football player, but uh, just because you're great in college, look at all those Heismans, uh, Heisman guys that don't pan out doesn't mean you're going to be great in the NFL, but I think his athleticism is going to help him. Um, he's, his skill position guys that are surrounding him are, are very, very good. Uh, David Johnson, I think, is going to reemerge this season. Larry Fitzgerald, you know, the Wiley veterans still there. Um, and you've got Christian Kirk and um, – or, and you got Andy Isabella, you got Andy and Isabella, Hakeem right. Be- Butler if he steps Hakeem up. Butler. I mean, they're surrounding him with the only weak position he has is tight end. But you got Ricky Seals Jones there, who's okay. Um, I think there there is just so much room here for him to grow uh, that I think with the way that the offense is set up, with the way that he will be able to kind of play to his strengths. Um, that this is going to be a top 15 season. I mean, and the other thing about quarterback that I think is interesting is when we made our bold takes last season, um, neither of us even mentioned Mahomes. Neither of us even Not talked at all. about yeah. Mahomes. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, I, I didn't hear a lot of Mahomes hype. I mean, the only person who really talked to me about Mahomes was Nolan. <laughs> John, uh, so he was he was on the hype train, um, but I don't think everyone everyone's like he's going to be good. I don't think anybody saw him being as good as he is now, and I think that's the way that this quarterback position is overall in fantasy. There are so many things at play here that guys can just get hot at the right time in the right system with the right people surrounding them that they could make huge leaps in terms of rankings within the fantasy. Um, rankings so i mean if you looked at cam newton on fantasy pros was the number 12 ranked quarterback 
Uh, he had 3,395 yards, 24 touchdowns, 488 yards rushing, and four TDs. That, that's, those are pretty good numbers. Now let's look at the rookie numbers for someone like Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson didn't play the whole season, um, but he got 1,201 yards, six passing touchdowns, 695 yards, five rushing touchdowns. So that's his rookie season. Uh, I feel like... Um, Kyler Murray is a, is a little bit of a better passer. I think the offense is set up a little bit more favorably to explore uh, his passing ability. Uh, and I don't think they're going to have to rely on the run game as much. Uh, and the other thing is, is I feel like David Johnson is a great dual threat back that's going to help right. him pad those passing stats right. as much as he's going to help him take some of the heat off of him in the passing game by being an outstanding running back. Now, if you look at Mitchell Trubisky's numbers, 2,193 yards passing, seven touchdowns, 421 yards rushing, three TDs. So, I mean, I, I know there's got to be a, more than that for him to even get close to those Cam Newton numbers. Rushings can be, you know, similar. He's going to have to throw the ball a lot more and a lot more um, passing TDs than Mitchell Trubisky has. But I do think that he's going to hit over those 300, 3,000 yards. And I think he's going to hit over 20 touchdowns this season. Um, I'd expect the rushing numbers to be right around 500 yards and three touchdowns. So putting him right in the mix there uh, within that top 15 quarterback range for his rookie season. And I think it's only going to get better from here on out. Are you comfortable if you wait completely on quarterbacks and he's sitting there? Would you be comfortable with him if in a one quarterback league as your one going into the season? Um, I would. I would. I think with I think I'll be a lot more confident saying that after seeing how the um, camps play out and stuff like that. But I like the upside. And the other thing is, let's be honest, there's going to be somebody else who's going to pan out at some point anyways. So if you're walking in week one, um, and, and let me take a look at the Arizona schedule here for a second. And with this guy as your number one quarterback, why not roll him out week one? You know? Yeah, I mean, and, it's an easy – I mean, you could pivot off of it if he just looks like he's a complete dud. So, I mean, right. Um, it looks like their week one game, if I got it right, is the Lions. So, I wouldn't be afraid Ooh, of that give me at all. A, yeah, give me that. Yeah, give me that. Yeah, absolutely. Week two, Ravens. So you might get a little nervous there. But, um, but yeah, I mean, he has all the pieces. and He, he has nothing to look over his shoulder either. They He right. knows he's the starting quarterback going yeah. into the season. So and They've already announced that he's the starter. There's no question there. Question about it. Um, so he's going in um, with everyone kind of. I mean, it's a lot of pressure, but I think he'll step up to it big time this year. So, Dan, why don't you go ahead now and you lead the way. What's your running back bold not take for this 2019 season? Uh, so I, I threw a couple names around that I was thinking, you know, Mark Ingram. It's interesting to see him going to such a run-heavy offense where he's going to be the main guy. Neither of those guys who are there, uh, I, I know Gus is there and all that stuff, but I feel like Ingram's head, head, heads and shoulders better than Gus Edwards is. Uh, that kind of intrigued me. Is he going to be able to push into, you know, I don't think the top five is, is crack. You're going to crack it with anybody. Um, I, I think the top five are interchangeable set as the regular top five backs in the league. I think right now you're thinking about who's going to be number six, who's going to be six through 10. I think those are feasible kind of uh, ceilings for people to reach. I, I just don't see anybody jumping Zeke. I don't see anybody jumping 
um, Kamara. I don't see anybody jumping. Christian McCaffrey, I don't see anybody jumping. Um, I, I know Todd Gurley, people are questioning whether he's going to stay where he is or not. Um, and then Saquon really, Barkley. And Saquon Barkley. I mean, those five, I think you're, you're going to be like, eh, right in there. Melvin Gordon's in the mix for that as well. Um, but I think six through ten so wide open. Uh, in my bold not take for the running back position this year is that Tevin Coleman is going to be in that top 10 uh, fantasy scoring running backs. After I like it. I like it. That's pretty bold. Especially because, so, you know, he, to me, I, I, I had to lean on him as a Devonta Freeman owner in another league. And he had like two really good games. Everything else was a dud. So I'm curious to hear why you I think know. he's going to be a top 10 fantasy running back. And, and, I, and I was hard on Tevin Coleman last season as well. Um, but when you look at the stats, if you looked at the previous three years in which he was at Atlanta, uh, this was the best season he's had there. 800 yards rushing, four touchdowns, 276 yards receiving, and five touchdowns. Right. Nine total touchdowns is not that bad. Right, yeah. Now you just expect a lot more out of him because he's in Atlanta. Right. Now, let, let's think about who was in Atlanta when that offense was on fire. Scored the most points in the league in 2016. Who was the offensive coordinator then, Bob? I'm guessing it was Shanahan. It was. It was Kyle Shanahan who was the um, offense coordinator that year. Uh, that year, Tevin Coleman had 520 yards rushing, eight touchdowns, 31 receptions, 421 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, that is arguably more touchdowns and um, well, it's more touchdowns than he had in his best season at Atlanta um, this season. So uh, I, I, I think he had his best rushing year, let's say that, in right. Atlanta last year. Uh, but scored the most touchdowns there in 2016. So here he is walking into a situation where the offensive coordinator knows exactly what he needs to or the head coach knows exactly what he needs to do to get the most out of this guy. It's a crowded backfield, but right now, Breda and McKinnon are both banged up. So he's getting the most touches and the most experience with that number one squad. Now, if you look at Devonta Freeman in that 2016 year where he was the lead back, he had one. 1,079 yards rushing for 11 touchdowns and 462 yards receiving for two touchdowns, 13 touchdowns. I mean, so he had 13 to Tevin Coleman's 11. So there's plenty of touches in in this squad to go around for people to produce. And if you think that – so now you just think Tevin Coleman's now in the Devonta Freeman role, so somebody else is going to fill that Tevin Coleman role. And that's how I kind of expect that – to jump in here now um he did do terrible last year in his lead back duties but i think we i think we kind of treated that a little bit more harshly than we should have just because of again it's atlanta you expected a lot more right um but think about how much Derek mckinnon was hyped last season going into the 2018 fantasy campaign i mean everyone was even like a second round type of pick uh, 
to play in Kyle Shanahan's offense. This is what he's made for. He is the back made for this offense. You know who the back that was made for this offense before Jerick McKinnon? It was Tevin Coleman. It was Tevin <laughs> Coleman and Devonta Freeman. So now you're walking into the situation where your coach has been able to kind of um, put you in a position to do your best. Uh, so I, I think he's got a situation where he's got potential potentially elite wide receivers on the team he's got a fantastic tight end that everybody expects to be equally as good this year as he was last year yep um and an up-and-coming quarterback so i think this offense is going to take a big step forward and i think that tevin coleman is going to be one of the main contributors on this offense now everyone's saying uh, he's a sexy pick right now and never the fantasy stat nerds are gonna like him i, I mean the, the stats i think will play out as they play out i just think he's in such a better position now um system wise com- being comfortable with the people around him right. uh, that he's going to take a huge step forward um so to get into those range that i mean i looked at fantasy pros in terms of where are these top 10 people ranking so two people like uh, mixon uh mixon had 1168 yards eight touchdowns 296 receiving yards one touchdown that's a top 10 back uh, i mean i don't see that's 300 more yards he had um four less tds than tevin coleman had last year right um and look at James Conner, another guy who, you know, now is you see being taken in the first round, oftentimes Mixon's a first or second round type player. Tim Coleman is a fourth, fifth, fourth something around there because no one wants to venture into the backfield um, because of, of the confusion as to whether McKinnon or Breda, who's going to be the main the head honcho there. But James Conner had 973 yards rushing, 12 touchdowns. That's a lot of touchdowns, but 497 yards receiving, one touchdown. And Tevin Coleman had more receiving touchdowns than both of these guys last year. Right. Uh, and so, I mean, if you get to be the lead back in the system i think he can approach those devonta freeman 2016 numbers and i can see him now pushing his way into that top 10 and if you get into the top 10 for where you're drafting this guy that is a great value yeah dan i mean you bring up uh, a lot of great points and and here's something too i mean i'm looking at uh, fantasy football calculator 12 team half point ppr He's going in the sixth, sixth round, fifth pick of the sixth round. Yep. Now, and I, until I look at this, I, I didn't really think about this, but who would you rather have? Right before him, Lamar Miller? Would you have Lamar Miller or Tevin Coleman? Uh, Tevin Coleman, actually. Yeah, I'd actually go for the upside there as well. And then right behind him at 6'10", Darius Geis. Like, give me Tevin Coleman oh, all God. day long. Yeah, absolutely. At least we know we're going to get a, somewhat of a season. We don't <laughs> even know if Geis is going to play still. Yeah, so, I mean, you bring up great points. Uh, really not somebody I paid attention to, but as you go more into the details there, um, I mean, there's a lot to like, history with the coach. So that's what we like to see in a bold not take because uh, that, that one is not one I thought of. So uh, I like it, though. So Spicy. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead, and this is a guy that if you listen to 
to the regression impression show that we did probably about five or six weeks ago, you're probably going to say, Bob, you, you told me he's not going to be as good as what he was last year. But this is where some things change. And, and remember, this is a bold not takes episode. So my bold not take at running back is Adrian Peterson. And he's currently the 45th running back taken. So right at the beginning of the 10th round. Uh, once again, I know he was part of the regression impression candidates that I said to yeah. take a step back, but Darius Geis, even though I know some news came that, that he's fine, he can't seem to shake off the injuries, and he was dealing with a hamstring injury. So my take is that AP is going to do it again. He's going to be a top 15 fantasy running back, rushing for over 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns. Spicy. So, yeah, I, I've, I've sort of changed my tune a little bit. So last year... If you look at his numbers, they are very similar to what I just said he would do again. But he was the 18th ranked running back in half-point PPR leagues based on Fantasy Data's website, finishing the year with a little over 1,000 rushing yards, 7 touchdowns, 20 receptions, 208 yards. So he's right around the threshold that I'm expecting him to reach again this year. And then here's some of the running backs ahead of him that theoretically could drop out of the... Uh, top 15-ish range based on last year that if he plays at the same level, he could theoretically jump into. James White finished 8th, although I do like him receiving. Um, you know, as the year went on and Sonny Michelle got more integrated, uh, his, his rushing sort of came down. Kareem Hunt finished 11th and he's suspended for three quarters of the season pretty much, mm-hmm. so he's going to drop out. Philip Lindsay finished 12th. Once again, I, I hope I'm proven wrong. Just a guy that I'm not believing in. Tariq Cohen finished 13th. Uh, I still like his big play capabilities, but could I see him drop into the high teens to low 20s? Sure. And then Kenyon Drake finished 17th. So there's five players that um, finished ahead of him that I could see uh, maybe dropping off. And, and AP, if he runs for the same and similar stat line, which is what I'm predicting, could push to be a top 15. Now, this is just a guy that's a cyborg, I'm convinced. And he's just... <laughs> can sort of look father time in the eye and say that he's done when he wants to be done and based on last year i mean he looked like he had some gas in the tank and um you know based on the other running backs around him i just can't buy darius guys so with that being said uh, i think ap's just gonna do it again and go for over a thousand yards uh, at what's considered an advanced age for running backs so that that's my spicy bold not take for fantasy running backs this year one of my favorite things to do uh draft strategies is is to to fill fill in you know your your big positions early uh and then just sit and wait and grab ap in in those later rounds because i know he's gonna be good he's gonna be an rb2 at the very least last year uh and he's gonna be good trade bait that's the other thing is that if he has three or four good games and people are hurting for running back start flipping you're gonna start getting, you're gonna start getting offers for him immediately um and, and, and he was somebody who I grabbed off of the waiver wire last year. Uh, he, he needs to be drafted. He should be drafted. You're going to get him at a bargain price. Because I think he is the guy there in Washington. I think Geis is going to probably be in the mix, maybe, if he could stay healthy. But at the same time, I, I really think that AP is going to be the guy there. And I love grabbing AP late. And I love having him maybe as a flex and, you know, where you're having a, a rough game um or you're playing a rough rushing defense and things like that so uh i think there's definitely value there 
And I, I like the bold, the bold take, Bobby. Yeah. So once again, go ahead and, and get at me at Not Takes FF about call him a, him a regression candidate. But the more things just broke, and uh, it, I mean, I could totally see this being in the realm of possibility. So for sure, Dan, I'm gonna go ahead and kickstart the wide receiver, and my wide receiver bold Not Take has to do with Adam Thielen. Currently, he's the 12th wide receiver taken right in the middle of the third round, 305 in 12-team leagues. My bold not take is that Adam Thielen drops out of the wide receiver one tier that he's finished basically the past two years and finishes as a low-end wide receiver two. Some reasons behind this, the Vikings commit to the run with a healthy Dalvin Cook while Stefan Diggs moves into the lead dog role in the Vikings wide receiver core. So... Drafting mm. him in the third round, possibly uh, the second round in maybe some shallower leagues, he's going to finish as a low-end wide receiver too, and, and here's why. In 2017, Thielen was the 10th wide receiver. In 2018, he was the 7th wide receiver based on fantasy data. If you take a closer peek at his 2018 stats, it's the tale of two different seasons, and, and this sort of supports my sort of secondary <laughs> I like that. yeah it's it's my secondary uh comment uh to dalvin cook and stefan diggs being uh more of a part of the offense than maybe you want to think of mm-hmm. in the first half of last season weeks one to eight he totaled 74 receptions 925 yards six touchdowns on 98 targets every game he was over 100 yards receiving far and away the number one wide receiver in fantasy football. That's crazy consistency. The 16-game pace, Dan, would have been 148 receptions, 1,850 yards, 12 touchdowns. He would have been leaps and bounds the number one wide receiver. Yowza. In the second half of the season, weeks 19, or I'm sorry, 9 to 17, 57 targets, 39 receptions, 448 yards, and three touchdowns. That 16-game pace would have been 78 receptions on 114 targets, 896 receiving yards six touchdowns which would put him right in that mid to low end wide receiver two now during that same time frame Diggs, who played a total of seven games 64 targets 44 receptions 434 yards and five touchdowns pace that into 16 games 146 targets 101 receptions 992 yards and 11 touchdowns so in that same time frame he's doubled Thielen's touchdowns Almost 30 more receptions and, oh, about 100 more yards receiving. And then to Dalvin Cook. During that time frame, the Vikings jumped into the top 10 in rush attempts, averaging 27.7 rush attempts per game in that same time frame. Their 2018 attempts as a whole was 27th overall, 22.3. They want to commit to the run. Diggs was showing that he can be a lead dog type of receiver. And Thielen's second half make me say that Thielen will finish as a low-end wide receiver too in the 2019 fantasy football season. I'm going to have to say, Bob, I, I don't see this one happening. <laughs> that's why it's I mean, bold, Dan. That's, it's bold. It's bold, man. Um, I just I, I feel like this – I feel like there's so much – uh, I mean, it's just, I guess it's a gut type thing. And it's really going to depend on what Kirk Cousins shows up. Right. I mean, and it seemed to me like early early in the year, Kirk Cousins was forcing the ball to Thielen. And then later in the year, 
um, Kirk Cousins was forcing the ball to Dick. So I, I don't know kind of how that's going to play into it. But uh, I am interested to see kind of how – I don't think that you can support two wide receiver one. I think Big Ben can. Um, I think Mahomes can. I think a lot of quarterbacks can. But I do not think Kirk Cousins can support two wide receiver ones. I just don't think the offense is built for it. And and to your credit, uh, I, I do think if Domico can stay healthy – uh, the running game is going to be a bigger part of the offense than it was last season. Right. Because um, it, it came on there at the end pretty nice. Um, but I, I just think, like, over the last two years, he's been so consistently good. I just don't see that much of a fall off of um, uh, that much of a fall from grace. Although, when we talk about mine, I, I might be putting my foot in my mouth a little bit because yeah. I'm saying there's going to be a steep fall as well. Well, let's hear it, Dan. What is your bold not take for wide receivers in 2019? So this is another position that's just getting crazy deep. There's so much young talent and wide receiver. Um, it's starting to be very interesting um, later in drafts to see who you can get late, like in those fourth, fifth, sixth rounds. Because to me, you still get pretty nice names, pretty consistent fantasy options. Um, and these are two guys who... Excuse me. I think are are in the mix, not necessarily that late, but a lot earlier. Um, so I'm going to dub this for you, Bobby. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give you two here, and, and they're going to play off each other a little bit. The, the first is that I think Amari Cooper um, is going to emerge this year and stay a consistent, um, infinite, consistent wide receiver and one elite fantasy option in the Cowboys offense. And I think he's going to finish within that top 10 of elite wide receivers. Again, top five, really hard to crack because those guys are pretty much sitting there. But I think um, six through 10 are completely wide open, interchangeable, uh, maybe outside of Tyreek Hill. So maybe seven through 10. But there's room for Amari Cooper to push his way in because one of these guys is going to fall out of that top 10, Bob. And that guy's going to be Antonio Brown. I'm telling you, Antonio Brown will finish the season outside the top 10 of fantasy wide receivers. Ooh, okay. Convince me, Dan. This is interesting, okay? So... Where, what team did Amari Cooper play for before he went and graced his presence with the Dallas Cowboys? That would be the Oakland Raiders, Dan. The Oakland Raiders, absolutely. Which is now where our friend Antonio Brown is currently playing. So last year in Oakland, Amari Cooper had 22 receptions for 280 yards and one touchdown. In Dallas, he those numbers jumped big time. Big time. Oh, big, yeah, um, huge. I, I mean, through that, according to ESPN, through that time that he joined Dallas, he was the number one fantasy wide receiver in the league. Okay? So now, Antonio Brown, he's only had two seasons where he's had less than 1,000 yards. At one point, his high was 1,000. 834 yards, 10 TDs. Last year, he had 1,297 yards, 15 touchdowns. Cooper's most touchdowns in Oakland at any point was six. His highest yardage while while he was there was 1,153 yards. So not even 
even close to either of those elite AB numbers that you've come to expect. Now, in my opinion, it comes down to one factor and one factor only is to be a receiver. Can you throw yourself the football? That would be a negative. (laughs) Negative, Ghost Rider. You cannot. So now it comes down to how elite or how productive is Derek Carr going to be. So Carr's touchdown total last year is 19. That's his complete total touchdowns for the entire season. The receiving on that wide receiver, the high-scoring wide receiver was Jordy Nelson with three, and the other one was Jared Cook, who we and I said, Oh, what an elite year he had last year. He only had six touchdowns the entire season. Great for a tight end, but not necessarily the 15, 10 to 15 touchdowns you expect Antonio Brown to be getting every single year. In 2017, Derek Carr had a total of 22 touchdowns. Cooper had seven. Crabtree had eight. Oh, sorry. So, sorry. Seven was his total, highest total. In 2000. In, 2016, Derek Carr had a total of 28 touchdowns. The wide receivers, Cooper had five, Crabtree had eight. In 2015, Derek Carr's best season in terms of touchdown throws, he threw 32 touchdowns. The wide receivers, Cooper had six, Crabtree had nine. So you're not getting any double-digit touchdown productions out of any receivers individually. And I get it. They are not Antonio Brown. I get that. But I also don't think uh, Derek Carr is Ben Roethlisberger. Right. So I expect a pretty significant drop in production. Um, the 1,000 yards, doable. The 15 touchdowns, I don't think that's happening. I just don't see A.B. getting double-digit touchdowns this season. And I can't see Carr supporting that level of production that Ben Roethlisberger was able to support with A.B. there. Now, I think that we both think Dak's coming into an upgrade season. We we think he's going to go, you know, he's going to improve. Now, he's not thrown for a ton of touchdowns. I get that. Uh, He throws right around 20 every single year. But this year... You saw what he did with half of the season of um, Amari Cooper. Right. Um, that, that Philadelphia game just stands out in my mind. If you even get like two, two more of those, one more of those, I, I mean, you're talking about a jump in at least eight more touchdowns, which puts him in that 30 range. Um, so in that, you're getting double-digit touchdowns for Amari Cooper which puts him into that AB type area. So I think there's going to be a flip-flop. I think AB's moving outside that top 10 because of the quarterback downgrade. And I expected Mari Cooper to move into the top 10 because of the quarterback upgrade for a full season. Plus, the other thing that's a factor here, I think, is just the team makeup in general. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott makes life a whole lot easier for Dak Prescott in terms of being able to keep pressure on defenses with the running game and allow Amari Cooper to jump over the top. There, I just don't feel like there's an established running back stud in Oakland right now. I get the rookie could be very good, and this could completely blow up in my face, but I just don't feel the same level of confidence in the Oakland offense as I do with the Dallas offense with a whole season of Cooper, who mind you, they're looking to lock down long-term because they think finally they're back to having an elite wide receiver. 
which they hadn't had until De- since Des Bryant. Yeah, so, I mean, I completely agree as far as the Amari Cooper take is concerned. Just everything that you saw, they treated him like an alpha dog type of number one, and, and he backed mm-hmm. it up with the stats to show it. I still just can't shake AB. I, I'm just, to me, it's... he. He has the desire to be great now. What he did in Pittsburgh, you know, as a as a Pittsburgh, you know, lifer here, uh, didn't sit too well. But if there's one thing that you can say about the guys, he works to be one of the greatest of all time. So I, I'm oh, with I, you on I, half of it. I, I'm just gonna believe his skill, but that's why we call it bold not takes. Is you yeah, <laughs> you got to go out there. I do not question the work effort, the work ethic. I do not question the talent. I do not question AB's talent whatsoever. I just don't think that Derek Carr is going to be able to support the stats that AB wants to put up, can put up, because frankly, he's just not as talented as Big Ben was, and the offense overall is just not going to be as good as the Steelers. Were. And yeah, total total uh, agreement there as as far as the quarterback differentiation. So I like it, Dan. I like it a lot. So why don't you go ahead and give me your tight end bold not take here to wrap things up as far as this is concerned. This was another one that I, I tossed a couple ideas around. I like Trey Burton to kind of emerge this year. Uh, I think last year he, he kind of got uh, lost in the mix a little bit. I, I think he'll be better this year with another year of Trubisky, and I expect Trubisky to make another jump um, to, to become even better than he was last year. But I'm going to go with somebody who's near and dear to our hearts, Bob, and I'm going to go with Vance McDonald. Oh, I can't. Tell me about it, Dan. And I think Vance McDonald is going to be a top five fantasy tight end. I think one through one through three is pretty much uh, set. I mean, it's Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle. I mean, that's pretty much where you're saying the top three tight ends are, no matter what. Um, I just think that with AB being gone, um, with somebody going to have to eat up those targets, I I just think that Vance McDonald, who I think was underrated last year and and really played his first full season with the Steelers, I think this year he's going to be more comfortable with the offense, more comfortable with Ben, and there's more room for him to work the middle of the field now than there ever has been before because um, I think that AB being gone is opening up the offense for a lot more other players to kind of emerge as fantasy football threats. Massive targets available. So, So I looked back and I said, well, you know, what's the best tight end season that Big Ben has? Um, support it. And I was like, all right, well, let's just look at Heath. 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 Let's look at Heath's best season. So Heath's best season was in 2012, 71 receptions, 816 yards, and eight touchdowns. Now, if for some reason uh, Vance McDonald was able to um, – you know, come up with those fantasy, similar fantasy numbers, um, where would he end up? So the number five um, receiver um, was Jared Cook with 896 yards. So yards a little bit different uh, and only six touchdowns. So I, I think that if he turns into a lead Heath season, uh, that Vance McDonald could definitely crack that top five. I, th- I think it's wide open. Uh, I think there's so much shakeup on the Steelers squad um, in terms of offense uh, that he really could kind of emerge as an elite fantasy uh, tight end option and uh, maybe give us a glimpse of hope that we could emerge from the tight end wasteland with, <laughs> with a prospect here, Bobby. Yeah, my fingers are crossed. And everything that's come out of Steelers camp, 
they're saying the same exact thing. They they think he's set up for a big year. So, um, oh, yeah. I would love to see it for personal and fantasy uh, perspective here as well. And and Dan, uh, I hope you have for some room. sure. I hope you have some room in your top five because you said there's definitely uh, two top three <laughs> or the top three is pretty much set, and there's Absolutely. room for two more. So. I'm going to go with Austin Hooper, who's currently the 14th tight end taken in the back end of the 12th round. My bold not take is Austin Hooper grows on his big year last year and makes the leap into the top five of tight ends and becomes wow. one of the most reliable fantasy tight ends moving forward. So wow. that, that'll round out your top five with Vance and Austin there, Dan. That's spicy. So yeah, let me give you some information. Last year, he was the sixth tight end with a stat line of 71, 660 yards on 71 receptions. Four touchdowns. Every year, this guy grows in every offensive category. Touchdowns is the weird one so that's where he's he's got to make the leap but in the three years targets 27 to 65 to 88 receptions 19 to 49 to 71 yards 271 526 660 if you look at his yardage total last year he was seventh amongst all tight ends targets he was eighth receptions he was fourth touchdowns he was tied for ninth so that's the area i think he can grow in I see him moving into the six to eight touchdown range. So adding two more to possibly four more, not out of the question because he's in one of the most explosive offenses in the league. Head coach Dan Quinn believes he's ready to go to another level with his play in 2019. And having the mix of Mike Malarkey as tight end coach and Dirk Cutter, who ran a top four passing offense in Tampa Bay the past two years, should speak to even more opportunities for all weapons, including Austin Hooper. So I think this is the year where people are going to start looking at Hooper and say, you know what, he's one of those guys that I'm okay targeting now as my tight end one, maybe in those, you know, in the range of where, like, let's say Hunter Henry, uh, Evan Ingram, O.J. Howard are targeted mm-hmm. this year. I think we're going to say that about Hooper next year. So you're feeling pretty comfortable hanging with Mr. Hooper. Skippity boobity doo wop. But I'm king. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I still remember that. Like right at the end of the uh, the theme song. Skippity boobity doo wop. Sorry. Oh, yeah. So, Mr. Yeah. Hooper. So, yeah, I'm definitely Hooper. cool hanging with Mr. Austin Hooper. <laughs> yeah, I, that offense is, is going to be very interesting with Devonta Freeman back. I think that's the most. Yeah, you know, I, I like what you're what you're doing for Hooper. I just, I'm just not sure. You know, now with Ridley emerging as a as a nice number two option, um, how much there is for him to kind of get involved there. But uh, it's that that offense this year intrigued me because you know you have a lot of firepower, and let's be honest. So if we've been tracking, last year was a on Matty Ice year, so this year we should be a and off. <laughs> You're right, exactly. <laughs> so we'll see what happens with that too. But you absolutely could be. I mean, it's it's the position, Bob. I mean, uh, it's one of those where anytime um, somebody has the chance to go, to even have one game where they have 100 yards and, and a touchdown or two, uh, they they have a chance of finishing in the top five at the end of the season when they're. Uh, in terms of the tight end position. Yeah, so that wraps up our bold not takes. I know You got your defense and your kicker? Oh yeah, I think kicker is <laughs> Chris Boswell bounce back here, call it. So uh, 
But yeah, I mean, th- those are bold. I like the takes. Chicago Bears to score eight defensive touchdowns. Yeah, <laughs> that's very bold, Dan. Very bold. Bold. But yeah, we revisit these at the end of the year, so I know we're going to notate uh, notate these and come back to them. So uh, tell us what you think at Not Takes FF on Twitter and Instagram and. Dan, before we close the show, I want to read off some bold not takes I got uh, on Twitter. I, I asked people to give some of theirs since we were doing it this week. Our buddy Kiawe, Lamar Jackson throws for 3,000 yards and runs for 1,000. Pretty spicy. Wow. Pretty spicy. Fantasy f- I hope that does not happen because that's going to make the AFC North um, a nightmare. But right. I could see that. I could see that. I, I would not be surprised. I, I think he needs one of those um, rookie wide receivers that kind of emerge as an elite option um and then mark ingram to kind of you know pick up the slack a little bit but i could see that it's bold it's spicy i like it fantasy football addicts tugging at our heartstrings dan Devonte parker top 15 wide receiver oh of course he'd say that <laughs> <laughs> so i love that one is that preseason or overall uh hopefully overall <laughs> dan we oh, got- boy, that, that'd be interesting if that happens. I mean, it's one of those things where he's been drafted. He got drafted to be a number one wide receiver. And everybody says um, he's like the best practice player ever. And, you know, when we get the game day, it just doesn't ever fully form itself. Hopefully this is the year, though. I yep. like it. Yep. Mike, Mike Dunn. Aaron Jones finishes as a top five running back. That would be interesting, especially since um, a friend, a good friend of ours, uh, has the has the ability to keep him as the number third in his in the thirteenth round. Um, We're talking boy, to you, top, Craig. Yeah, top five running back, but man, he's gonna have to kick a lot of guys out of that position to get into that spot. That, and I just don't see Green Bay running the ball that much with Aaron Rodgers there, frankly. Uh, but yeah, I think you could. That, that's uh, it's I bold think and it's I've, it's in the realm. Sure, it's within the realm of possibility. I think out of all the ones that have been mentioned, it's the least likely, though. Addicted to Dynasty says Bruce Anderson will lead all Buccaneers running backs in rushing and receiving. So, <coughs> counting on the guy that's possibly third in the depth chart, it's it's bold. But with the running backs, it's it's very well in the realm of possibility. And then that is that is so bold. But I mean. Let's be honest. None of those guys excite you. Uh, and we thought instantly if Shady gets cut, uh, hope maybe he goes to Tampa Bay. So uh, within the realm of possibility, it could completely 100% absolutely happen too. And the last one, Tommy D, Dalvin Cook, and uh, Williams from Kansas City will both be a top 10 running back. So not overly bold. It's very well in the possibilities, but um, you know I, I could see both of them. And Damian Williams, I don't know why the first name uh, escaped me, but I think those are both possibilities if they're healthy for even 14 games this year. Dalvin, Dalvin I'd expect to be if he's healthy. Uh, I, I'm kind of... I'm not sold on Damian Williams yet. I mean, it just... I get the change of scenery and the players surrounding him and stuff like that, but let's be honest, he came to the end of the year, people were banged up, players were tired, and he said, you know, play great playoff games. I'm, I'm just not 100% sure he's going to be able to ride it out through an entire season um, with that team, especially in light of how we saw him while he was in Miami. So, uh, I, I would be surprised if that happened. Would not be surprised about the Dalvin one. I actually expect that one this year. Yeah. 
So yeah, thanks to everybody who shared their bold not takes on Twitter at not takes FF. But Dan, this one was a long one, so let's go ahead and close up the show here. So as as we just stated, follow us on our social media platforms. We're on Twitter and Instagram at not takes FF, N-O-T-T-A-K-E-S-F-F. Feel free to email us, nottakesff at gmail.com. You can visit our podcast homepage, anchor.fm forward slash nottakesff. You can see everywhere our podcast is available. So if you like a specific platform, they provide direct links. Or you can listen and follow to us, follow us directly through that platform, anchor.fm forward slash nottakesff. For those that listen on Apple Podcasts, take a minute out of your day and great review and subscribe. A five-star rating and review really helps our podcast in the long run. We appreciate anybody that does that. But anywhere that you listen, please go ahead and subscribe so you get the latest episode downloaded to your device of choice. And Dan, close it like you always do. Shout out your brother Tom for us. Song's called Alma. He's been with us from the very beginning. We're coming up on the one-year anniversary of doing the Not Tapes Fantasy Football Podcast. And this song's been with us from the very beginning. If you like it, check him out. He's that dude Tom on SoundCloud. And big shout out to him for letting us use it. And uh, keep up the good work, my man. Yeah, Dan, thanks for holding in there with me as I deal with Comcast uh, internet issues still as I get off the phone here. It's 1120 <laughs> on Wednesday night here, so I appreciate that. And for everybody sticking with us, uh, in case you had any uh, audio difficulties here, you know, just trying to fight through the internet issues. Um, but we'll, we'll brainstorm an idea for next week, Dan. We're getting closer to our draft. But until, oh, then, yeah. until then, my friend, I will talk to you later.